25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them out the hole. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. All right, here we go. Hour number two of the show, Off and Running. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Your hometown heroes. Local Farm Bureau agents that you can deal with one-on-one. Somebody that's right there serving in the community, living there, is growing up there, just like you have. Somebody local. Somebody that knows you, knows what it's like that you can deal with face-to-face on a personal level. That's what you get with Farm Bureau. It's the way it ought to be, and it's the way it is with our friends at Farm Bureau Insurance. Check them out at favorites.com. If you go there, you can find agents in your area and and everywhere you want to look. You know, you can any county, you can look at it and search by city. So check it out, favorites.com. Also, staying connected to you around the clock because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. I saw it all over Twitter. Um, I follow C Spire on Twitter. That you can get, I, I want to say, well, let me let me check here. I'm going to make sure and see if it's pre-order. Yeah, pre-order the amazing iPhone 11. Fully loaded at C Spire. You can do that right now. Just go at cspire.com. You can check out details. You want to pre-order this, the uh, iPhone 11. The whole camera thing on the iPhone 11 is pretty cool. There are three lenses back there. You know, standard, wide angle, and then super wide angle, which is pretty impressive. So I may be sold on it. I'm, I'm, I'm techie in that way. I'm all about the cameras. All the other stuff and everything, I don't really care, you know. Now is this camera? I mean, is this phone better than the the iPhone ten? I don't know. I mean, it's cheaper. Yeah, yeah. Better. I don't. Know. It, I hope it's not because I've got a ten. I'm just gonna... You got a ten? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, make I've, a better phone now. <laughs> and I guess there's just a few little features here and there, like you say that it's got the. It it kind of looks like it has three eyes on the back of it, as opposed to the one lens, you know, or the two. It's got three back there. I read so. something that it can maybe take 3D pictures. Really? That, that That's one thing you can do with the three lenses. Okay. Yeah. Kind of give it that 3D look, huh? Yeah. I'll take that, it. That'll be cool. <laughs> it really would be cool. I'd love to see it. Then you run it through your 3D printer, what happens? <laughs> and Next thing you know, you've got your own dog sitting in front of you, a duplicate, right? We're just cloning people with our iPhone and 3D printing it. <laughs> All right. Um, take a lot of ink, man. It take a bunch of it. Okay, you want to be a part of the show? Hit me up. Today is a reaction Monday. I purposely come in here on Mondays and and don't line up guests, and we'll give it a chance for just kind of hear what you think. First chance to for me to hear from you after the weekend's results. 
college football, NFL, other stuff too. I don't really care. You just tell me what it is you want to talk about. Ron finished us off in hour number one with a call. He's pretty critical of his own team. Sound like Ron was pretty critical of his own team there. The, the Mississippi State Bulldogs took it on the chin to Kansas State. Kansas State looked like a much better team than they looked like last year when we went up there. Really transformed. Kleiman from North Dakota State, he's the one that coached Carson Wentz in college and won those FCS national championships and stuff. And they hired him there at Kansas State. And, man, they just looked – I know they had a bunch of guys back on offense. their tight ends and their offensive linemen all back from last year and their quarterback. But they added in new running backs, new receivers. And they were just so physical and so well put together on film and in person in the first two games and now the third game. They just, compared to last year, that coaching staff just transformed their offense. From last year, they didn't look like they had any confidence in anything they were doing. And that included having a a first-rounder on their offensive line. Or wait, second-rounder, first-rounder. Yeah. Reisner, Dalton Reisner. He's starting for somebody in the NFL. But they just looked like they didn't really know for sure what it was they wanted to do or what they could do. They just didn't have much of an identity. They weren't that physical compared to State. And boy, did they flip that script because they came out of the gates and they were knocking State around, up and down the field, busting them in the mouth. And it took State 15, 20 minutes just to dig in and start to fight back. And once they did start fighting back, State went and got the lead, right? Had the lead going into the fourth quarter. State dominated the third quarter out of the game um, and kind of got them back in it. State's defense only allowed 15 yards of total offense in that third quarter. It's just that didn't win the fourth quarter. Kansas State won the fourth quarter. Injuries and that kind of stuff, it piled up on State. Remember last week everybody was saying how the humidity and heat's going to I know. Really gonna knock Kansas out. You know, they don't they don't have it like we got it. Yeah, I'm through with that. It seemed to slow them down too. You know much. what? That's the last I'm gonna just say it right here, Roger. That's the last time I ever use or look at that and try to evaluate who could play and who could not. I'm done with it. Because it doesn't matter, apparently. I've seen just way too many times when a team from a cold or cooler climate comes into the heat and humidity. And they deal with it just fine. Boise State went in there and ran Florida State out of their own stadium on a hot, humid day in week one. Boise State had no trouble. Florida State wilted. Kansas State comes in here and wins the fourth quarter. They hadn't seen 90% humidity in Manhattan, Kansas, ever. And those guys came down here and did just fine. They won the fourth quarter. So I'm done with it. (laughs) <laughs> we, you know, we think we got the worst down here. Like we got the worst mosquitoes, but they look like hummingbirds in Alaska of all places. So yeah, yeah. Hey, Things once always what you might think. One time when I was a kid, Roger, we were on this uh, trip as a family out to Wyoming to be a part of a church mission trip, and so we go through the mountains in Colorado, the Rocky Mountains. Man, we're going mm. through the Rockies, and. We were so excited because we, we're driving up through the mountains. It's beautiful, and we see we get high enough, we see snow for the first time. And this is like a time of year when we shouldn't be seeing any snow. We saw snow. We're like, let's let's go. Let's go get in the snow. So they parked the car. I, we really were like the Griswolds. Station wagon, man. Parked the station wagon on the side of the road. We all jump out. We run up this hill to where the snow is, and it's in this little area where there's lots of little cedar trees. Oh, some type of little evergreen tree, little pine trees, you know, and there's snow and stuff, shaded. We get up in there, and we're in the snow, 
and we look back. I I was the first to the top of the hill, and I look back, and all three other family members are like just gasping for air. <laughs> okay. I mean, everybody's lightheaded. There's no oxygen up there. Gasping for air. My mother says, y'all go ahead. I'm going back to the car. Dad says, yeah, I'm going back. Feel free. Uh, throw snowballs, but come on right back. My sister and I, we didn't last too long. And then the other thing is, we weren't out there 15 seconds, and these big gargantuan mosquitoes just start zapping us. Like I killed one on my arm. I'm like, Dad, gummy got me. And when I slapped him, blood went everywhere. Big old mosquitoes. Like a tick. I ain't, I'm not kidding. And so we got back in the car. We had enough of that. No oxygen. I'm going to get that Rocky Mountain spotted fever. And mosquitoes the size of horse flies. <laughs> like, this is for the birds right here. Literally and figuratively. Okay. Let's reel them off. A whole bunch to talk about with you. Here to start off hour number two on the Divini Equipment phone line. Divini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson is your Kubota dealer. Big mowers, medium mowers, little mowers, and little hand blowers. How about that? I made that up right on the spot. All from Kubota and Red Max and the like. That's at Divinity. Y'all go see them. And hunters, go see them. Get your shotgun shells and the tree stands and the seats and the boots and everything. Feed? Well, I shouldn't call it feed. Should I? Corn, rice, bran? Bran. <laughs> I didn't mean to say feed. Oh, see, a little slip there. Yeah, it's not yeah, technically. We're not, we're not feeding the deer. We're not feeding anything. No, it's a plot. We're plotting to feed. Oh, no. <laughs> I take it back, even though I've already said it. <laughs> All right, Andy is on the uh, Divinity Equipment phone. What's up, Andy? Hey, I've got a question. The uh, It appeared to me that maybe Moorhead, and I'm not a coach, obviously, but that he may have left. Stevens in a little too long with that shoulder overthrowing yeah. balls. Yeah. Yeah, Andy, um I think that um I admire a player like Tommy Stevens wanting to do anything he's got to do to get on the field. I don't have any qualms with it whatsoever. And by the same token, I I don't fault any staff they got a senior quarterback, big, strong kid. He's a little banged up. He says he can go. He looks okay in warm-ups, and he's your best player. You want him to play. I, I don't have a qualm with giving him a shot, but I honestly kind of – I hate to sound like one of these 2020 hindsight, um, you know, Monday morning quarterback guys, but it, it seemed to me that even in warm-ups a little bit, he wasn't quite the same. And then, you know, like the first series – Andy, when he ran the ball. Oh, yeah, it was bad. You remember when he pulls up and just takes a knee, basically, at the line of scrimmage? Right. Um, I, it, immediately, these red flags are going off in my head going, whoa, 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 now. You, you can't you can't play out here and avoiding contact. You, you just can't. And then, sure enough, you're right. Like We got on into the game, and it was like certain throws he could muscle through it. Even in the, the the touchdown throw before half was phenomenal. The placement and his even better oh, yeah, catch. Definitely. But but those balls he couldn't drive at all to the sideline, and they would just jump on him. He'd throw it ten feet over. That's not Tommy. Like I'm talking, I went to right. practices and never saw him miss somebody like that in practice, not once. And that's what told me, look, he, he's he just can't do it. 
And so I do think right. that I do think that looking back on it, if they had to do it over again, they probably would have just had a game plan built around Schrader so that he's prepared and you can go in there and maybe try to win it with him and at least he'd give you the chance to pump the ball down the field a little more consistently because Tommy just was not himself. Right. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Fletcher on Twitter says, I disagree with the previous caller. K-State's a better team than Kentucky. We won't see that type of power running game anymore this season. I do think we need – Keaton Thompson, don't know if Schrader is ready for the SEC. I think Stevens is going to be down a few weeks. That's from Fletcher on Twitter. Um, you know, I actually kind of – watching Kentucky, I'm telling you, their offensive line is, is is not only comparable but maybe even a little better. Well, I don't think there's a maybe. In my opinion, Kentucky's offensive line is better than K-State's. And I think their skilled people are too, like Lynn Bowden and some of those. I think the challenge is about to pick up this week as opposed to the other way around for the uh, Mississippi State defense. Jason, listening in Flagstaff, Arizona. What's up, Jason? Uh, nothing much. Um, it's in the mountains here, and the mosquitoes, they really suck. <laughs> <laughs> Double entendre. <laughs> <Atta> boy. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I'm, I'm calling about these people that are just losing faith in Moorhead. You know, I was really hard on him after last year, but this stuff is getting out of hand. He's a, I mean, what did he lose last year? A senior quarterback and all those mm-hmm. defensive players? These people are expecting us to be like Alabama, just keep rolling along. It, it just doesn't happen for State. Yeah. Mullen would be struggling this year, too. You know, and if you think about it, Jason, we really do for a lot of reasons, and some of them deservedly so. We kind of put Mullen up on a pedestal um, because of some of the things he did and the consistency. Of course, he he built the program up from nothing when he got it, and and that's great and all. But we do forget that those first couple of years – now, he won nine games in his second year, uh, including the bowl win – but those first couple of years, there were a lot of stuff that if you go back and look, it's indicative of a first and second year head coach. First time, second, you know, first year, second year ever at that level being a head coach. And he was learning some things, clock management, substitutions, timeouts, play calling, all that stuff. And I think it's fair to say that, yeah, I mean, Joe Moorhead's doing it too. You know, he, he's the first time. Yeah, he was a head coach at Fordham, but let's all admit that's that's just it's yeah. not it's apples and oranges compared to what you're trying to do in the SEC. So he's learning a lot of you things know, too. But you know, there's another thing people are forgetting too that when you look at like Preston Smith and Dak and you know some of these other people that are all pros in the NFL, they were three and four stars when they came to state. They weren't five stars. Well, sure. and developed them, no and that takes time. And you go back and look at these six win seasons that Mullen had. That's the difference. And people are just dropping off of Moorhead, and Mullen's, or Moorhead's going to need the same time that Mullen did to develop these players. Yeah. That's just all there is to it. Well, and let's be honest, okay, <clears throat> any coach, and in this situation too with Moorhead, you know, I think one of the first things he said today in the press conference is, you know, the whole fingers pointing and thumbs. Like, what is it? You got one finger pointing at somebody. You got three others pointing back at you. And, and as a coach – the mentality, the energy, all that stuff, he's going to take it as a reflection on himself. I can tell you that's the way a coach will take it. 
And at halftime, for instance, he had to go after his team and and he told them, stop sleepwalking. That was what was told to us, is that his message to the team in the locker room at halftime was stop sleepwalking. So they came out and they whipped him in the third quarter. The thing is, you didn't whip him across four quarters. And as a coach, I guarantee you behind closed doors, Mullen is looking in the – I mean, not Mullen, but Moorhead's looking in the mirror going, you know, why didn't we have energy? Why didn't we play as hard in the fourth quarter as we did in the third? That's me. I'm the coach. They're looking to me. If I can motivate them for the third quarter, why didn't I get them motivated for the fourth? Young coaches have to learn that stuff. I think, you know, so the other thing that I say, Jason, is I'm just, this is an honest expression of something here with you, okay? I'm just going to tell you what I really thought. Uh, When I met Joe Moorhead, I don't spend a lot of time with Joe Moorhead. Obviously, I know him. He kind of knows me. He does a good job remembering people and faces and names. And But even first time, second time talking to him, I come away and immediately I think, this is a genuinely really nice guy. Everybody yeah. says that about him because it is true. He is a just a – he is a genuinely down-to-earth, non-assuming, just kind of everyday guy. He's yeah. very likable, okay, easygoing, cool. But – that is in contrast to these other coaches I've met over the years and observed. My thought has always been, well, look, if you're going to be a coach in the SEC, especially a head coach, you have to be one mean S-O-B. Excuse my you know, um, acronym. That's always been my thought. And so after meeting Joe, I, wonder, I said, you know, I'm wondering, can a guy that's nice do this? And I still wonder that some. I still wonder it some because, you know, to have everybody just completely whipped into shape, my, my thought is you've always had to be a drill sergeant. Well, look, Joe's just not a drill sergeant. He's doing it, yeah. a, different, he's doing it a different way. Time will tell if it's going to work, but that developing players and getting your offense going, time's going to tell. I mean, he has to do it, right, if he wants to stick around, but time will yeah. tell. I, I don't – I think one other thing that – really jumped off in this situation is people that were, you know, hyping themselves up into winning eight, nine, ten games with this team, and they weren't paying any attention to what all we lost at all. Well, and keep in mind, too, not not only what you lost, Jason, but a lot of those predictions were before anybody realized that you had eight – you had ten players who were going to have to miss eight games each also. Yeah, it's like Moorhead's not responsible for somebody having nonsensical expectations. That's on them. Sure. You no. Know? Right. Yeah. Sure. He's no he, he's okay. I think he's going to be all right. People yeah. just need to give him a little time. Well, and I know yeah. this. Um, you know, it, again, it, that's it. Any evaluation of a coach, it just takes time. Appreciate the call, Jason. Thank you. Um, and I think the hope for state fans is that he'll do kind of what they did last year. You know, last year they they lost those games to Kentucky and Florida. Those were two games that that state team last year should have won. Yes, Kentucky was pretty good. Con- you know, Florida wound up pretty good. State was better. State had better personnel, and they should have won those games. They certainly should have beaten Florida. That was at home, but then they didn't, and they're hosting Auburn, much like this weekend. They're going to go into that one like they did at Auburn. Auburn came in there ranked ninth in the country. They were favored. State was not ranked. But it was a must-win feeling because you just can't lose three SEC games in a row, right? You're kind of desperate. 
And they played maybe their best offensive game of the year. They ran the ball a bunch, but they whipped Auburn. And so if they come in there with that desperate feeling this week and, and whip up on Kentucky, everybody feel a little bit different about things going forward. It's got to happen, though. If it doesn't happen, it'll be lots more and more and more and more questions. Double B on the Divinity phone. I think I have time for you, Double B, maybe real quick, like a minute. Go quick. Hey, Matt. Hey, man. Hey, um, it looked like to me at the start of the season, last thing that they wanted to do was burn Schrader's red shirt. But it seems like he, that's probably out the window. How, do you, how does Keaton Thompson fit into it? Does he even – is he even in the mix anymore? And when you have an injury like you had uh, to our quarterback, do you uh, do you include him now? Yeah, I was told by some people on Saturday. Uh, again, it, this is not coming from coaches, but I was told by some people on Saturday that Keaton's banged up. That part of the reason that he's out of the, oh, he is. Yeah. yeah, and I'm not sure I was really aware of that, but that's what I was told on Saturday. Um, yeah. And and you're right. Okay. At this right. at this point, it's really hard to envision a scenario where Schrader definitely redshirts for you. You know, he he may play. Double B, I appreciate your call. Thank you. All right, hour number two in the Farm Bureau studio. We're just getting started in hour two. Still got a ways to go. So if you got a phone call or a text, get it in. And we'll get after it next. Stick around. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. It's never okay to lose a game. Chop, chop. Is that all corn state? It is. All right. Any excuse. I just like this song. I yeah, love Cherokee. Come on. I like it. I really like Alcorn State's version of the Tomahawk Chop. And they've got it mixed. It goes into neck. <laughs> oh, really? That's yeah. pretty cool right there. Yeah. Oh. Um, How could he not like that? You have to like that. Alcorn played a great ball game, almost got their first win, and I think it would have been an upset. They were at McNeese. McNeese had a 17 nothing lead at halftime. And Alcorn State kind of dominated the second half. Alcorn State's defense shut McNeese out in the second half. Alcorn State put up 14 fourth-quarter points, but just couldn't catch them. So 17 first-quarter, first-half points, enough for McNeese. They went at 17-14. to 14. Um, How about Alabama A&M from Huntsville in the SWAC? Alabama A&M with a 31-24 win over UNA, University of North Alabama, Division II school. And a huge game. Man, just a huge game. Jackson State was just 
whipping the you-know-what out of Tennessee State. It was 28-14 at halftime. Jackson State put up 14 more points in um, that third quarter. Was up 42 to, well, what was it? I can figure this out. 42-23 going into the fourth quarter. They were up 42-23. to And then Tennessee State scored 21 points in the fourth quarter, made it close. Final score, 49-44. Jackson State wins. They're 1-2 now. That's John, Coach John Hendricks' first win as a head coach. So, um, and a big day running the ball for Jordan Johnson for Jackson State. 22 carries, 134 yards on the ground, and a rushing touchdown. So, nice high-scoring, entertaining win up there. All right, uh, let me get to uh, some of the text line. I got a bunch of tweets to get to as well. You can call me like everybody else has today at eight. eight I'm sorry, nine nine five one zero five nine. That's the Divinity Equipment phone line nine nine five one zero five nine. Text me at eight eight five ESPN. Here's a text that says, "I'm a state fan, so I want to talk about bass fishing." <laughs> me too. Yeah, Matt's, Matt's ready to go. I am ready to go. What are you going to talk about? It's so, probably do a bass show. I could do it. Look, and it's so hot right now. And depending on the body of water you're on, kind of dictates how you have to fish when it's hot like this. But, like, honestly, up around here, Pickwick, Bay Springs, and this area up in North Mississippi, you know, Bay Springs, a big, deep, clear lake. Pickwick is deep also in places. and But, you, you know, you got to fish deep water ledges and humps out there in 25 30 feet of water bass fishing i'm talking about you know it's like there's only so many different kind of baits bass fishing wise you can get to go that deep (laughs) in those kinds of lakes but if you go like to the reservoir what kind of fishing are y'all doing bass fishermen on the reservoir when the water temperature is like 88 (laughs) seriously what are you doing you just get up in the lily pads and Fish around the lily pads? Well, you know, being such a large body of water, the temperature is pretty. St- yeah, but it's shallow. Stable. Well, some places, yeah. Some uh, places, 30 foot deep. You know, and I guess you could get up the river where I guess water moves. Yeah. You know, you get some current every now and well, then. But whenever I've been on the reservoir and you see those guys in the big bass boat, that's where they're headed. They head right out to the north. Ah, uh, they're headed north. Yeah. 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 I got you. Okay. Flying. <laughs> uh-huh. Right. Going fast, for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'd like to talk bass fishing also. What could be our soundtrack if we do a bass segment? We could play... Um, Go down to the fishing hole. Andy Griffith theme. Yeah, we could do that. What was that song I had on here last week? What was it called? Like five, I think we called it Five Pounds of Possum. It kind of does. You know what they call this style of square dance? What they call this style of banjo? That's called claw hammer technique playing the banjo they make it seem like it's easy but i promise you from experience it is not it is not easy yeah they make it sound like it is but it's not here we go divinity equipment phone walking bully what's up bully 
Hey, Matt, how are you? Just right, as far as I know. The uh, That song, uh, two day, for two days last week, I walk around, everybody's looking at me like I'm crazy because <laughs> I was singing a song about five pounds of possum <laughs> in my headlights. Right? Uh, Good. Glad so to now know I'll, I'll do that, that for the I'm rest of the week, I Glad guess. to know I'm having a positive effect on the local community. Right, right. Uh, here's my question, and, and I understand that everyone, I say everyone, state fans are upset about what happened Saturday. And, look, walking out of the stadium, I was upset as, as anybody. I get it. Mm-hmm. But the question I keep asking these people that are flying off the the rails are, can you think of a team, and I'll ask you the question, can you think of a team that without its starting quarterback, six starters total, mm-hmm. and that's not including Gibson, okay, Altry, Gay, Dantzler, Darian Parker, Tommy, um, we're not even getting to Gibson. Um, and Marcus Murphy, for that matter. Mm-hmm. But with all those losses, can you think of a team that that's beat a top twenty-five team recently? Which Kansas State is now their top twenty-five team today. Yeah. Can, can you think of a team that's been able to overcome all those issues with a true freshman quarterback and beating a top twenty-five team? And if you can, if you can, my next question would be: I bet that team, if they did it at home, they had more than twenty thousand people in the stadium in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So, so before we go criticizing Joe and criticizing players. Like Joe said in the presser today, you may want to uh, point the thumb instead of the finger a little bit. And as a collective fan base, we need to get the ship right at Saturday ourselves and see if we can put 60000 in the stadium Saturday and maybe make a difference. Thanks. I'll hang up and listen. That's a really good call, Bully. It really is. Um, we were kind of halfway sort of joking. We were having a good time in a post-game show just because the food was so good. <laughs> Me and Bart and Charlie was there with us on the air, and we might as well laugh, right, because everybody was bummed out about the outcome of the game. But Kansas State people were there for the post-game stuff, too. They were really nice folks, the ones we met. Um, but we were kind of halfway joking, but kind of halfway not. I said, you know, everybody's mad right now, spitting mad. They're throwing things at their radio and at their television. And my thing is, Walking bully like you, if you sat in there for four quarters in that heat and you were one of the people there till the end, if, you, if you're if you mad and you want to throw stuff and cuss and throw a fit, you kind of have the right to do it. Feel free. I'm not going to blame you. But if it was just a little too hot for you and you were one of those empty seats, basically what I said is shut up <laughs> and, and get another handful of Cheetos. I think you've got a button over there for that. I have a great button for that, Roger. Thank you very much. Ah, shut up! Because <laughs> I'm jealous I don't have it. <laughs> I want to send you the clip because you're more aware of where those things should be inserted. So I'm going to email you that clip and feel free to use it at your <laughs> at your discretion. <laughs> um, still a ways to go. Plenty of time. I've got a ton of tweets that have come in that are interesting uh text messages as well what do y'all think about that i think there's something to be said for that uh, the stadium atmosphere was poor 11 a.m game there was almost zero tailgating which i hadn't seen that recently so early so, it was early but so what i think a lot of us just kind of wussed out and really need to get in there in spite of it. it'll be a little warm not as hot but need you in there for a kentucky game if you're a state fan, stick around. Still a ways to go. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.
right. So we get we get Notre Dame and uh, Georgia this week, right? Prime time on CBS. So there'll be two CBS games. Yeah, that's it. So there'll be a 2.30 CBS game and then like a 6, 6.30. And the, the late one will be Georgia versus Notre Dame. Ooh, come on with that. I'm here for it. Sort of. I'll be there for it. State's game will be ending. State and Kentucky this weekend going to kick off at 3. They put some times out there for the following weekend. Uh, Ole Miss. So this is the weekend of September 28th in the SEC. September 28th in the SEC. Texas A&M and Arkansas will be on ESPN at noon. Well, 11 a.m., sorry, 11 a.m. Then the 2.30 CBS game that week will be Ole Miss at Alabama and Tuscaloosa. Um, the Mississippi State at Auburn game on the 28th will kick off at 6 o'clock on ESPN. And the night game on the SEC Network is Kentucky at South Carolina. In between there, Towson at Florida on the 28th, 3 p.m., SEC Network. Hey, speaking of Florida, here he is. He texted me a little levity as soon as the game was over and K-State had won, and then his Gators pulled it out against Kentucky. Gator Greg on the Divinity phone. What's up, Greg? Oh, Mr. Mr. Wyatt, I mean, the, the, the luckiest 3-0 team in the country, the Florida <laughs> Gators. Uh, I mean, offensive line has just has been terrible. You know, uh, you know, really uh, hate that uh, for Franks. Uh, yeah. You know, you didn't want to see anybody get injured and everything. But, uh, but you know, uh, they stuck with it. And uh, I, I kind of had talked about trash to you before, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but, hey, uh, Dan was able to get a lot out of Franks last year, especially the second half of the year. I think trash can do some good things. They have to run the ball, uh, which is just concerning. And, I mean, hey, Tennessee got to win. Yep. They'll come in a little bit uh, high with some momentum, but hey, uh, hopefully the Gators can do enough. If we win that game, you know, you you got Kentucky and Tennessee, you got two East wins, you take care of Towns, and then you're five and zero before you really get into that really meat of that schedule with Auburn and LSU. So it's 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 doing a pretty good job. But but as far as the state side perspective, uh, you know, it's just one maybe you thought you had, but you just don't have to come back and get the you know maybe one of those other ones that maybe you didn't have. But uh, I. Maybe the, the thing, I thought your defense pretty much played pretty good. Uh, they have improved since that first game. Uh, and Colin Hill, you got to maybe get off to a little bit uh, better start, but he's terrific. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those deals, maybe a play here, play there. When you had a chance to probably knock some guys out after you came back and let them hang around with the big special teams play, that's part of the game. And I know some borderline calls, maybe they probably should have called a block in the back. Officiating across the country is terrible. Yeah, but uh, you know, Mister White, we'll, we'll we'll take it three and zero, but ugly. But I mean, I'd rather be an ugly Gator than a hater. We'll see you now. Appreciate <laughs> it. Thanks, Gator Greg. Good call. Always good to hear from Gator Greg. Yeah, um, we're going to talk about this some tomorrow on the Tuesday show. Gator Greg brings up Kylan Hill. Kylan Hill is a special talent. He really is big time, and he showed it again. On Saturday, have you? Let me ask you a question. Hold this for tomorrow, but think about it. We'll, we'll get into Kylan Hill tomorrow in terms of, you know, offensive game planning, philosophy, and all that kind of stuff. I'm not a coach, but we can talk about it, right? None of us are, but we can talk about it. Um, is that the, is that the toughest, 110, 120 yards rushing that Kylan Hill has ever earned? 
Really, think about it. Think about the way the game started. Think about how many times they handed it to him on a zone run where you're kind of reading it. But as soon as the handoff went to him, they had a guy come off the backside and run it down from the backside and catch him for you know no gain. Think about how many times that happened. And he finished the game with 111 yards on 24 carries, averaged 4.6. So getting up there close to five yards. 111 yards. That's the toughest 111 yards he's ever earned in his career because it was tough sledding. And some of those runs were all him. He is a special talent. And, you know, especially with a banged-up quarterback, I think increasingly one of the things they are going to have to do, and I would bet you they're already doing is starting to really look for different and new ways to get Kylan Hill the football. They're going to have to throw it to him more. What you want, I, I think when you when you scan and survey your entire offense, all of it, and if you were to look at your entire offense at State and right up on a grease board, number one, under priorities, each week, number one priority each week, what is it? Kylan Hill in space, however you have to do that. Now, sure, you can hand it to him, and he can make yards running the ball behind your offensive line in certain matchups, even against good ones. They showed that on Saturday. But, man, throwing it to him in different ways, not just out of the backfield on a screen, line him up wide, throw it to him, slip him out, throw it to him. I mean, any put him in the slot, bring him back around, throw it to him out the other side, throw him screens in the middle, any way that you can design a way to get the ball to Kylan Hill in some space, with some when you say in space, with room around him to operate. You don't have to block them all. That's the great thing about Kylan Hill is all you got to do is get a hat on a couple of them. He'll take care of the rest. So I would think that that's about to be big priority. You know, especially if, if Stevens can't, you know, play the next couple of weeks if he's got to continue to heal up. There was a question earlier that I missed, and doggone, I'm, uh, I, I apologize for that because I don't know who sent it to me. I meant to get to it, and somehow it got past me. But the question was, Matt, after seeing everything, do I think that LSU can and will challenge Alabama? Let me just go ahead and tell you what I think. I think absolutely this LSU team with this quarterback and these receivers, if Joe Burrow is upright and healthy at the time that they play Alabama, you fixing to have a whole different kind of proposition with that ball game. Now, LSU's defense is not yet, have not yet looked quite up there on Alabama's level. And maybe that's the difference in that game. Let me tell you something right now. If they played tomorrow, LSU's scoring points on Alabama's defense. This ain't going to be no 9-6. to six, I promise you. <laughs> Bet the house on it. I think that'd be a great game if they played tomorrow. So I appreciate that question on the text line very much. More texts, 885-ESPN. Unnamed texter says, while living in Baton Rouge, I watched Les Miles take five stars to two stars. Under Dan Mullen, he took two and three stars to five stars. He sure did. It's one of the reasons that Les Miles is not at 
uh, LSU anymore. How much different would Tennessee be right now? It's a fact Dan Mullen was going to be Tennessee's coach until Florida called. And he left Tennessee at the altar. And never let it be said that Dan Mullen didn't make decisions as what's best for him. Because who would you rather work for right now as an athletics director? Would you rather work for Scott Strickland or would you rather work for Philip Fulmer? Philip Fulmer, the former coach who stabbed Johnny Majors right square in the back in his backbone to get the job 25 years ago, whenever that was, who, after being ousted himself, has you know gotten back in there. And last year, during the coaching search, when they had a competent athletics director at Tennessee, they had a competent one, the guy who they hired from Kansas State. And Philip Fulmer in the department sabotaging that coaching search every way possible behind the scenes including leaking every possible negative piece of information he could come up with to uh, Clay Travis and Clay Travis popping it out there on social media and working to sabotage everything. Every piece of inside information, he sabotaged it from the inside to get rid of the AD and to get the job himself, and now he has it. And he hired his own guy, Jeremy Pruitt. But never forget, if the other guy had gotten what he wanted, Dan Mullen was about to be Tennessee's coach, had agreed to it. In principle, I say, you know, like basically, yeah, okay, we'll come up there and get the job done. And the next morning, the phone rings, and it's Scott Strickland. The word is behind the scenes that Mullen's agent was getting messages from the Tennessee people like, y'all still coming up here to to iron this thing out? And they they couldn't get a return message because they had switcherooed them and left him at the altar and went down to Florida. It's amazing that that's the one piece of information in that whole thing that Fulmer didn't leak. Because <laughs> then it would have made the AD up there kind of sympathetic. <clears throat> A little bit. Or at least it would have been embarrassing because a guy you wanted would choose Florida instead of Tennessee. But how much different would that be? How much different would Tennessee be if Dan Mullen were the, the coach at Tennessee versus Florida? You just feel the intensity in the air. You sure do. <laughs> you would feel it in the air right now, for sure. All right. Appreciate everything. All the phone calls. All the texts. All of it. Thank you. We'll do it again tomorrow in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. And I'll see you then. See ya. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.